Welcome to Safe Dividend Investing, podcast number 77, on August 17th of 2022. In addition to answering the usual five questions from investors, I will finish reading from Chapter 5 of Income, Wealth, from Self-Directed Investing. This chapter title is Stocks and Other Investments. In this podcast, I will be covering preferred shares. Question number one. Is property investment safer than stock investing because it is much less volatile than the stock market? Yes, property is less volatile than the stock market, but that sure does not make it attractive. Property requires more effort, expense, and time to buy, sell, and maintain. Taxes, legal costs, sales costs, and administration expenses make property very time-consuming and thus expensive. I can instantly buy a million dollars worth of a stock for less than $10. A similar purchase of property would cost tens of thousands of dollars unless it was real estate investment trusts, units. Carefully investing in 20 long-established financially strong companies paying high dividends for decades can be safer than property with fewer headaches. If you get hold of a copy of the American High Dividend Handbook, you can see how quickly it is to find 20 such shares. Question number two. Why would a billionaire sell almost all of their shares? Most billionaires are not stupid or delusional. Every business is constantly under attack from competitors and new technologies. They are well aware that every business eventually dies, and if they are smart, they diversify their wealth by selling their shares to protect their wealth from future financial downslides. It would be unusual for them to sell all their shares, but but it is possible. Every billionaire gets older, gets bored, gets jaded, and have a desire to seek new challenges and experiences. If the billionaire is a good executive, they will have built a strong management team to successfully carry the company forward with fresh new ideas and approaches. If the billionaire was not a good executive, then you'll see a slow deterioration of the company as it withers into oblivion. Like every human being on earth, billionaires, despite their wealth, will die. Mortality is a great equalizer. Question number three. How can I determine how much a company's stock price will go up after its earnings report is released? When a company reports a profit, it is a result of the skills of the executives in managing revenues and expenses. It has zero to do with the company's share price. Profit and share price are only remotely related. Stock prices are set by the share price bids by optimistic and pessimistic speculators. Obviously, any positive news about the company can encourage some optimistic speculators to pay more for the shares, which can drive the share price up. However, 
an optimist can only buy a share if a pessimistic speculator has concluded that the share price is rising no further and sells it to the optimist. Negative information, of course, can drive prices down for the same reason. The battle of opinions about the future of a share price can go back and forth between speculators. With millions of speculators involved in the auction, it is impossible to accurately predict how all those millions of decisions about share price will play out. Nor is it possible to control the influence of changing government regulations, new technologies, and new competitors on the share price of every company on every stock exchange, despite a stock's outstanding earnings. The strength of a company can be calculated using stock scoring software and doing basic research. Many financially strong companies have histories decades long of ever-increasing share prices and dividend payouts. It is far easier to predict future dividends than future share prices because speculators are not in control of the profits from which dividends are paid. Question number four. How do you calculate future stock market profits before investing? Calculating future stock market profits implies that you are going to sell the stocks you are now buying. In other words, you are a speculator. I have read that 98% of speculators lose money. What would happen if you concentrated on buying only financially strong stocks that pay dividends? Many such stocks have shown ever-increasing share prices and dividend payouts for decades. If you live off your dividend income or reinvest it, you look forward to market dips when you can buy more income at a bargain price. The whole idea of such stocks is to buy them with the intention of never selling them to earn your profit from the difference between the buying and the selling price. Dividends are paid from profits. Profits are not controlled by share prices, but by the skills of managers in controlling revenues and expenses. Predicting dividend profits is easy compared to trying to accurately predict future share prices. Question number five. How do I avoid capital gains tax on my stock portfolio? You invest in financially strong companies paying high dividends. Your intention is to live off the dividend income and never sell those stocks. If you never sell the stocks, you never pay capital gains tax. The dividend payouts of such companies rise faster than the share prices, which keeps you ahead of inflation. This can easily be proven by looking at the statistics. If you are a Canadian, you live off your dividend income, you never have to sell or pay taxes on your investments because the first $55,000 of dividend income is tax-free, or if you are married and do a joint income tax return, it is 110000 With such stocks, time is on your side. 
Now to finish off chapter five of income and wealth from self-directed investing. The topic today is preferred shares. There is another type of share that companies issue and sell on stock exchanges. It is called preferred shares. You will recognize them by their stock symbols. Their symbol contains a PR or a PF as an example, an Enbridge Incorporated Preferred Share is enb.pr.n and a TransCanada Company Preferred Share is trp.pr.f. Unlike some common shares, preferred shares always pay dividends. Often, the dividend is 1% or 2% higher than the dividend of the common share for the same company. However, like a bond, they do not share in the capital gain of the corporation, nor do they have any ownership or voting rights in the corporate structure. They are a loan, like a bond. Preferred shares rank above common shares in realizing money from a company's liquidation, but would rank behind the company's bondholders. However, as I have described already, the chance of realizing any kind of payout in a corporate insolvency is just about nil. You can buy and sell preferred shares on the stock market just like a common share. However, while the dividend payout stays consistent, the share price does not. I did an analysis of all stocks traded on the Toronto Stock Exchange that paid an annual dividend greater than 3.5% of the share price. 654 shares met this criteria. Of these, 364 or 56.04% of the shares were preferred shares. Preferred shares are usually issued at a standard price of $25. Of the 364 shares, only 17 companies had a share price greater than $25, and of these, only one was greater than $30. The chance of realizing a capital gain from a preferred share is 1.91%. 183 of the 366 preferred shares, 50% of them, had lost at least 20% of their value and were now worth less than $20. Several were trading for less than $10. Since there is almost no chance of capital gain, Speculators seem to have no interest in preferred shares. Only a few hundred shares, or at most a few thousand of a company's preferred shares, will trade each day. Often, no shares are bought or sold. The question is, why would an investment advisor put preferred shares in a client's portfolio? The dividend rate, which is perhaps 1% higher than the same company's common shares, appears to be the only attraction. Unfortunately, what you make on a 1% dividend difference you lose when the preferred share drops 20% from its initial placement. Most of the preferred shares seem to be paying dividends in the 5 or 6% range. There are many good common shares paying more than 7%.
If interest rates decrease and the preferred share dividends now look attractive to investors, the corporation who issued the preferred shares can call it in and issue new preferred shares, paying a lower dividend rate. Unlike bonds where you get back all the money you have invested, with a preferred share you only get back what someone is willing to pay you for your preferred share. And 98% of the time that will be less than the $25 you paid for it. The commission, they pay the investment dealers who sell preferred shares to naive clients is believed to be very attractive. Unlike common shares, there's nothing but a mediocre dividend incentive to entice a buyer. None of the usual reference points that encourage you to buy a common stock are available. For example, no operating margin, no book value, no price to earnings ratio, no analyst recommendations, no higher volume of shares being traded, and so on. If a company that issued preferred shares ran into financial difficulty, there is nothing stopping a company from suspending all their dividend payments, including those for preferred shares. Corporations that issue preferred shares must like them. It is a cheaper way to raise money for large capital projects than borrowing money from the bank and avoids the monetary commitments that bonds would demand. A company assets secure their bank loans. The value of these assets limits how much corporations can borrow. Assets do not secure preferred shares. The number of preferred shares issued is limited by what the corporation thinks it can afford to pay out in dividends. Corporate executives encourage the use of preferred shares to raise capital because the preferred shares do not dilute the common share price. Thus, the executives who have their annual stock option incentives tied into an ever-increasing common share price need not fear preferred shares removing their chances to make tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in bonus money. Miss Innocent's original portfolio contained a large percentage of preferred shares. Since almost all preferred shares declined greatly in value, it is not surprising that her portfolio lost $300,000 of its value in just a few years. There really was a good chance that she would have outlived her money had she not substituted common shares for those preferred shares. Dividend income is not enough. You also need capital gain. Preferred shares will not give you capital gain. Thanks for listening. If you wish more information on investing and stock scoring, please visit my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com. Thank you.